You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we have one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us to discuss all three of the Chargers' new coordinators. But before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. And we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? We have a ton of news on today's show because magically over the weekend, the Chargers filled out their coordinator spots for all three phases of the team. They now have their new special teams, defensive and offensive coordinator. So we're going to do it in chronological order. But first, let me just say thank you to everyone who's checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate it. And a special thank you to all of our loyal fans Coming back to check in with us again, coming off of our best week ever with the hiring of Brandon Staley. Just want to say how much we appreciate that from you guys. And obviously, we couldn't have done it without you. So I hope you guys enjoy the content and we're going to keep it heavily on Brandon Staley and his coaching staff today. And we're going to start with Darius Swinton, who is the new special teams coach for the Chargers, the new special teams coordinator who comes in with a ton of experience at that position. Then in the second segment, we'll get to the second guy who reportedly was linked and is going to be the Chargers offensive coordinator, which is Joe Lombardi from the Saints. And then we'll wrap up the show with news that just came in after we had already started recording. And that is Ronaldo Hill, the defensive backs coach for the Broncos, is now coming over to be the Chargers defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley's first defensive coordinator as a head coach. So a ton to get into, but we'll start with the one that came in late last week and start with Darius Swinton. And David, we all know how big of a special teams problem the Chargers had last season. I mean, there was a show where I just ranted and raved about how this was, you know, one of the first worst special teams units of all time, not even just, you know, in recent memory and all those things. And the bar is set extremely low. George Stewart got removed from the position last season. The team had a little bit of a renaissance under Anthony Lynn. He did a good job with the unit going down the stretch, but it was an absolute disaster last year. And if you're looking at this guy coming in, Swinton, obviously he has some ties with Brandon Staley. He coached outside linebackers and special teams with the Bears back in 2017, which is the connection between these guys because there's almost always a connection. But he does have a ton of experience being around special teams specifically. Well, and I think that's exactly what this team needs. I mean, the last couple of years, the special teams unit has literally cost the Chargers several football games, whether it be missed field goals, whether it's, you know, muffed punts, whether it's terrible decisions like it's just been a really, really bad group. And, you know, no offense to George Stewart, but he just wasn't the right coach to get the right results for the Chargers. So, and he, you know, he hadn't coached special teams in a long time. This guy right here with Darius Swinton, he's only 35 years old. He's very young, but he has been involved in special teams pretty much everywhere he's been and in the NFL for the 49ers, for the Bears, Broncos, Chiefs, Rams, pretty much every stop that he's been. He has had his hand in special teams. So it's a young guy, obviously going to be an innovator and, you know, someone who has some ties with Brandon Staley, as you mentioned, Daniel. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, 
where these teams ranked special teams wise. It was mostly middle of the pack. There's no like first and overall special teams. If you're looking at DVOA or even just any one, you know, specific category, but the teams have always been pretty good. And I think one of the things that stood out was just how bad of luck this guy had. I mean, he spent 2016 with Chip Kelly and the 49ers, and Chip Kelly ends up getting fired after one season. Then the next season, he goes back to the Bears, where he already was as a special teams assistant, goes to the Bears, and then Mark Tressman ends up getting fired. Like, it seems like this guy, you know, has latched onto places late, and I think the weighted DVOA for some of those seasons shows that the teams were getting better in his first year coaching those units. And I think that is a more, you know, indicative sample of what he had. But another thing that stood out to me, John, is just this is another guy that, like I said, he worked with Brandon Staley in 2017 as an assistant outside linebackers coach, as well as working with special teams as well. And then in 2018, he was actually an offensive assistant for the Detroit Lions, which is, you know, something he had never done before. And obviously he isn't doing it still. So the one thing I was just wanted to point out was just another guy who has a lot of backgrounds in different things and a guy that comes with a lot more experience, especially recent experience than George Stewart. Yeah. It, it's kind of like the Anthony Lynn scenario where you, he knew George Stewart. You didn't want to let him go. But I think in this case, Staley brings in a guy he knows, but it's a guy that has shown he has improvement and has experience as well. And the chargers have struggled a lot when it comes to kick returns where it's covering them or actually returning the kick themselves. But he has shown that he can improve that in teams. Like, for example, in 2016, the 49ers had allowed 25.7 yards per return on kickoffs. In his first year with them, they knocked that down to 19.8 yards per return, which was fifth in the league. And he also helped improve their punt return average to become 10th in the league. And then he goes to the Bears And he has the same kind of success, but with uh, the actual return game for the team. The Bears were actually third in the league in punt returns and had two punt returns returned for a touchdown and even had a fake punt for a touchdown in that season. So he's shown that he's improving these teams, special teams, as he goes. He even helped Robbie Gold get like 33 field goals, I believe, with the Bears as well in one Mm -hmm. season. So just imagine what he could do with our kicker. (laughs) We... We probably missed 33 kicks this season, and he, <laughs> yeah, here, like here, he is, here he is coming to help us make 33 kicks. Yeah, the kickers where he has been have done really well. I mean, he even had two kickers in his time with the Broncos that both made over 90% field goals in a season, in the same season. So I do think that is... Man, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, no. Give me anything close to that, and we'll see what happens with the Chargers kicking situation because I think that is one of the things that we are all going to be keeping an eye on, you know, going into the season. But obviously when you look at the Chargers special teams problems, like I said, the bar is low with George Stewart. They were the worst special teams unit in the league and pretty much had been for his entire tenure, except for, you know, 2018 where they were just slightly better than just not the worst team in the NFL. And it just well, so even important. being average would be better. Right, Daniel. I mean, like they were absolutely terrible. And like I said, they, it, it literally cost them games. With special teams, as long as your special teams is not costing you games, not costing you field positions, and you're just doing your job, that's already a marked improvement over what we've seen. Right, and of course, at times, you need to ask your special teams to win games, you know, if it's a game-winning kick or something along those lines, or good coverage at the end of a game on a kickoff so the other team isn't starting on the 40-yard line or just anything like that. I mean, those things 
are also important. It's hard to know, you know, hey, is this guy just, you know, teaching these kickers fundamentals? Probably not, but there is a track record of success, and obviously this guy has a lot of experience. He has spent time with Brandon Staley, so Staley knows what kind of coach he is, and you know he knows that he needs to get an improvement in that area. And, I mean, he mentioned the kicking game a bunch of times, John, but, yes, I mean, you're talking about a 7-9 and nine football team with the worst special teams unit in the NFL by a wide margin, if that's average, if that's 15, if that's 18, just something like that, I mean, you're looking at an entirely different season potentially. So even if this guy might not bring you to the ranks of the top special teams units in the league, just even trying to be average at this point would be such a major improvement. Well, if you look at games that probably cost you, like for example, you went if you make that field goal against the Saints, now you're an 8-8 eight and eight team. Now you're talking about... What happens if you don't blow the lead against Tampa Bay? And what if you don't allow the Broncos to score that last touchdown at the end of the game? What if you catch that last touchdown against the Raiders? Now you're just talking about like three games that could get you in the playoffs. And the if Patriots too. I mean, obviously they weren't going to win that game, but you go to kick a field goal in the halftime and the game's still in reach and you get a you know, return for a touchdown. Like, Well, yeah, well, that's just a complete disaster of a game. But I'm just talking about games that – that they could have won for sure just games that the actual special teams really cost you Mm -hmm. that could have made you a playoff team as bad as this year was horrible offensive line bad play calling blowing leads horrible two-minute drills running the ball with like seven seconds left and a half like you still could have made the playoffs if not for your special teams so anything right now is an improvement so right now you're already gonna say okay next year the special teams can't get any worse but you got to make that step to become great at some point you got to have a kick return game that can return the ball to the 40 yard line at least once or twice every like three games you know something that shows an improvement because right now the Chargers can barely get to the 25 as it is on a kickoff return when the Chargers were the worst special teams I mean I should say field position teams in the league last year and that is directly tied to your special teams I mean their punt returned coverage was an absolute disaster I mean they were 32nd the 30th ranked team in the NFL was like 200 less return yards than what the Chargers gave up last season flashbacks of Tyreek Hill returning the kick for a touchdown 2016 when two Charger players ran past him (laughs) yeah I mean all the coverage units have been bad and a lot of that is individual players too so the other hugely important part of this is going to be filling the special teams unit with more talented players and also having the team that led the NFL in special teams penalties by a wide margin, be disciplined, be in the right spots, know what's going on. I mean, goddamn, when's the last time the Chargers had an effective fake punt? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much missing from their special teams unit, and I don't even need the fake punts. Just give me a punt that's not blocked. Eric Weddle. And I'll be happy with it. I mean, that was fun. But it's just That wasn't even so effective. Much- that was that was a barely, barely missed it. disaster. That was yeah, that was, that was, that was almost it a disaster. Worked. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, res- a results-oriented business. But you know, maybe we just need to find a punter that has a better arm. But hey, guess what? We have two more coordinators to talk about because the Chargers had a very busy weekend. Up next, we're going to be talking about new offensive coordinator, reportedly Joe Lombardi, and what he could pr- bring to the Chargers next season, as well as if he can bounce back. From his only stint, which was kind of a disaster, with the with the Detroit Lions in the same position. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment or hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. 
it's not too late to keep up with those New Year's resolution. I think this is about where it usually starts to fall off. But one of the things that can help you is Echelon. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and the Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. The EX75 is Echelon's latest stage of art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. And all of the classes they will give you guys, I mean, they just get more out of you than when you're just riding a normal spin bike by itself. But they will kick your ass. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. And their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And right now, you guys can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. All you have to do is go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on to try out your new bike. Get in shape from the comfort of your home, guys, and do it with Echelon. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into the next coordinator spot that was filled by the Chargers over the weekend, and now we're on the offensive side of the ball. And let me just, you know, kind of preface this by saying that we had a lot of questions about what the offensive coordinator position was going to look like under Brandon Staley, especially since we didn't know if Pep or Shane Steichen could potentially, you know, keep that job or move up in Hamilton's case. And we also know that they got blocked by Sean McVay from Kevin O'Connell, John, who is the guy that you had been looking at closely and you would have liked to be the Chargers offensive coordinator potentially. And they go, you know, out there and they get Joe Lombardi. And I know this is a name that comes with some certain feelings. I mean, I know the first thing that I saw on, you know, social media was people were like, why the hell are the Chargers going with this guy? I mean, what could they possibly see in this guy? And I think that he comes all obviously John with a ton of experience, a ton of coaching experience. And he also has ties with Brandon Staley. When Brandon Staley transferred from Dayton to Mercyhurst College, at that time, Mike Lombardi was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at the school. So there's the Staley tie. But what did you initially think about the move, John? Well, it's nothing really splashy in my mind. I mean, he has experience with someone like Drew Brees. So I mean, you could maybe bring some of that experience to Herbert. But he doesn't really have that flashy, like, oh, this is a great pick kind of name. Like Kevin O'Connell would have been a flashy name to get, but it's I don't know I don't want to, I don't want to say this is a bust, but I th- I want to say it's more of a gamble. But like we've been saying, this is all guys that Staley knows. He's getting guys that he knows, so there's probably something in there that he saw that really makes him go, "This is the guy," or maybe he knows that he's a film junkie that wants to get everything right, just like him. Or he could just be getting a bunch of guys that are his buddies that he wants to hang around with all the time that'll challenge him. Like we don't know what's making him pick these guys. But it's kind of hard to really judge this guy's success. He is how he was with Drew Brees twice. So that kind of really makes a big blow in your resume because then it's like, okay, well, what do you do without him? Well, he goes to guys like the Falcons and the Lions, even though with the Falcons he's a defensive assistant, but the Falcons' defense, not that great. He goes to the Lions. He has to live off of Matthew Stafford. And the Lions' offense wasn't as explosive once Calvin Johnson left. A lot of questions here for me. Yeah, there is a lot of questions there, and I think that you look at his time with the Lions, which was very short. I mean, he ended up, you know, they went 11-5 and five the first season he was there as a team. The next year, they were 1-6 and six before he ended up getting fired, and their offense was not doing well. And some of that time, they did have Calvin Johnson, who obviously at that point was on and off and getting injured and all of those things. But in 2014, I got this from the Saints website. 
And he's in serving as a coordinator, the Detroit offense gained 5,452 total net yards, which was eighth highest total in franchise history. Wide receivers Calvin Johnson, 1,077 yards, and Golden Tate, 1,331 yards, became only the sixth Lions receiving duo to each receive 1,000 yards in the same season. It wasn't like they were terrible, but at the same time, the offensive line was a great. They've always lacked a running game, and it's hard to hold one thing like that against them. And I think when you look at it, David, it is kind of a unique thing because, yes, he was working with Drew Brees, and he wasn't even the offensive coordinator, right? He was the quarterback's coach. I mean, how much does Drew Brees' quarterback's coach really play a factor in what the offense looks like? You know, I think those are all fair things to wonder. But I do think you can look at what the Saints have done with other guys, right? Like, even, you know, Teddy Bridgewater comes in, has a great season when Drew Brees ended up getting hurt last year. I mean, I thought that was very telling. I think you can tell with a lot of the things that they did with Taysom Hill. Like, Taysom Hill isn't really a quarterback, and they made him look like a quarterback for a while, just extremely athletic one. So I think what you have to hope is, yes, he did have a downtime in Detroit, but his years as quarterbacks coach for the Saints under Sean Payton, under Sean Payton before that and after that, that he's learned and grown from that opportunity from those experiences is coming back as a fresher, better offensive coordinator this time around. Yeah. And I think you got to give this guy a, a clean slate. I, I mean, yes, his first opportunity as an offensive coordinator was not great, but like you said, he just didn't get a lot of time and you know, there was questionable weapons there too. He's definitely going to have more tools at his disposal to utilize with the chargers, with the young quarterback and you know, guys like Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, you know, maybe Hunter Henry if he comes back, but there's there's plenty of guys that can can help. You know, that would arguably you know be more stars than that he's had as a coordinator. So, and also, I mean, this is a guy who's going to have the most coaching experience on the staff. He's been a coach for 25 years, and you know, all the rest of his coordinators and you know, some of the guys on his staff are are quite young. I mean, young and innovative was part of you know the mission statement of what they were looking for. But he also talked about getting somebody with some experience. And that looks like it's going to be, you know, Mr. Lombardi. So I think you got to give him an opportunity to, you know, use that experience he got from from Sean Payton working with Drew Brees and, you know, give him an opportunity to come here and really have, you know, a, a, a clean evaluation of what he's going to be able to do. I mean, I like the fact that he has a lot of experience, Daniel. That's going to count for something. Yeah, and it also doesn't mean that he's going to be a good offensive coordinator either, right? I mean, we don't know how it's going to go yet, but the one thing we do know is that Brandon Staley is going to have his fingerprint on that offense. He's going to have his imprint there because they've talked about the fact, hey, if somebody gets taken away as a head coach, we want that offensive DNA to stay with the team. And I wonder what you would think about this, John, when just people have also said, hey, well, it's kind of hard to evaluate what he's been able to do with Drew Brees and what even the Saints offense has looked like over the last couple of seasons just because you're dealing with a different Drew Brees who doesn't do the same things well as he used to. That's not a vertical passing attack with Sean Payton there, but maybe it would look a lot different, you know, if they had a quarterback with the skill set of Justin Herbert. I mean, if you ask me, Sean Payton's not running obviously the same offense with Justin Herbert as he is currently with Drew Brees. So I do think there is something to that. And I think the Chargers have to hope that if they do bring in Joe Lombardi, it's not going to look like the current Saints offense right now. No, it's definitely not. And it's more about the Saints players have a lot to do with that success. And you, Sean Payton has to do a lot with that success. You want to know how big of a role is Lombardi playing in this? Is he really helping Brees improve? Is he helping him 
look over like those little books that they bring out of photo by photo of the defense before and after the snap? Is he helping to make these improvements to do better throughout the game? Or is that Sean Payton that's doing that? Who is actually helping Drew Brees with this stuff? If it's Lombardi, then okay, you know, maybe this is a pretty good signing. If it's not him, then what is Lombardi doing for the Saints' success? If we can find what his exact role and his biggest help to the Saints was, we can figure out what this signing is going to do for the Chargers offense. Well, hey, this is from Nick Underhill. He, he actually covers the Saints for New Orleans football. He said, Joe Lombardi's name is often mentioned by players alongside Pete Carmichael and Sean Payton when talking about wrinkles found for games. He's a good coach who helps in many facets. His departure would be felt. So, I mean, that's a, a pretty good ringing endorsement for Joe Lombardi. Yeah, and you definitely want to know that he has, you know, some input in the offense. And I do think it is telling that, you know, they're taking another quarterback coach, a guy who's worked with a lot of different quarterbacks. I mean, he's working with, you know, Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater. It doesn't come much different than that, you know, as far as teaching young guys, teaching guys who are new to the the league or new to the position. The Teddy Bridgewater one was something that really sparked me when I saw how well he filled in for Drew Brees when he was hurt. But... At the same time, he was doing really well with the Vikings before he got hurt as well. So that's another thing of how much is he contributing. But you got to give him credit for what he did with Teddy Bridgewater, though. That was pretty spectacular. Yeah, and I give him credit for, you know, Taysom Hill, too. I mean, I do think that, obviously, it's Sean Payton's job to call the plays, you know, and open up easy opportunities for those guys. And when Taysom Hill was looking like an actual quarterback, they were getting a lot of those opportunities, right? Wide open passing windows and things of that nature. But yeah, I actually had that quote too from Nick Underhill, just because I do think that is something that, you know, it's also, you know, another place that is getting upset that they're losing a guy like this, you know? So I do think that is kind of telling as well, but we'll see how it happens. You know, we'll see how it works out, but I do think you have to give Brandon Staley, you know, some benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, there's no telling. I just think that, you know, it's someone that you have history with, someone who's coming from such a successful offense with the New Orleans Saints and has learned from those two guys who have putting up, you know, big offenses year after year for however long he spent that much time with them. Also has, you know, history as a defensive coach as well. Another well-rounded coach. I do think you have to give it a shot, but I'm not just going to say he's an automatic success. I just have to, you know, trust Brandon Staley on this hiring right now and use what he's done in his career to kind of, you know, back up or at least lead you to be hopeful that there could be something different this time around. Coaches learn. If we were going off Brian Dable and what he did in the past as an offensive coordinator, I don't think people would have wanted him to be the Chargers head coach. So you have to kind of keep that in perspective as well. But we do have one more segment to get into because there's one more coordinator that has been hired by the Chargers. During our the first time we tried to record the show, the Chargers have hired their new defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, and we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar, which comes in six which comes in 18 amazing flavors. And for me, guys, I've always told you, it has a lot to do with the taste. No matter how good a protein bar is for me, if I don't like it, I'm just simply not going to eat it. So now, so you guys can get a bar that has low calories, low sugar, and is high in protein and high in fiber. Also great for the keto diet while getting something that's also 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Right now, we even have a special offer. We can actually save you guys some money on Built Bars right now. All you guys have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is. 
betonline.ag. We're super excited to have them on board, and we're super excited to not only get some free money to bet with from betonline.ag, but to help you guys get some free money going into the Super Bowl as well. There's only one more big weekend of football, and if you guys want to get in on the action during Super Bowl Sunday, the best place to do that is betonline.ag. They have the best prop bets going right now. You guys have to check them out. There's a lot of money to be made there, and it's the only place that has you covered in the one place that we trust. All you guys have to do is go to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account, and you guys can use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. That's free money you guys can be using on the Super Bowl or whatever sports you want to bet on at betonline.ag, and make sure you use the promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the last hiring from the Chargers. This was somebody that had been rumored to be interviewing with the Chargers for their defensive coordinator position, but we hadn't seen anything officially or any official reports. But Albert Breer did come out on Sunday and say that the Chargers are hiring Broncos DB's coach Ronaldo Hill as their new defensive coordinator. Hill worked with Brandon Staley in Denver in 2019 and played in the league for a decade. Before that, we had seen that the Chargers had interviewed Ronaldo Hill for the job, and this is another guy who has connections with Staley. Like I've said before, I was kind of hoping he would branch out a little bit more from the coaching tree, David. It's kind of hard to know, you know, how much of it is, hey, you really believe in this guy and you spent time with him, so you're going to know, you know, how well he did with the job. But at the same time, you know, you are only getting guys that you already kind of knew, you know, so it makes you wonder if they're really trying to reach out and find the best players from around the league best coaches from around the league or just the best coaches that Brandon Staley has connections with, right? But the one thing this guy does bring is some experience as a defensive backs coach over the last couple of years with the Denver Bronco, also a longtime player in the league. And another guy we're probably going to have to wait and see to know how we feel about the hiring. Yeah, well, and how much he's actually going to be doing because sure. Brandon Staley already made the announcement during his press conference that he's going to be calling the defense. So, what is the defensive coordinator? What is Ronaldo Hill actually going to do for the Chargers? That is, you know, yet to be determined. But his, you know, his credentials as a coach look pretty decent. As an assistant DB coach for the Dolphins in 2018, um, his Dolphins unit was second in INTs, you know, interceptions. They were really good taking the football away. I mean, in, in Denver in 2019, Justin Simmons starts to arrive and, you know, really blows up these last two years as being a really phenomenal player. And you got to. Yeah give Ronaldo Hill a little bit of credit for that. So um, a graduate assistant at Wyoming as well as Pittsburgh. I mean, he's got some experience, but this is another young guy, Daniel, 38 years old, you know, not a ton of experience. And yes, another tie to, you know, head coach Brandon Staley. So um, we'll see, you know, the, the jury's out, but I do like the fact that Brandon Staley is giving an opportunity to another young coach to see what he could potentially do with it. Yeah, and he must have a lot of trust in this guy, right, John? Because he hired Jay Rogers, who is a potential defensive coordinator, you know, candidate for the Bears. And he also hired Joe Barry, another guy who could have easily, he could have made the defensive coordinator. Instead, you know, he made them the defensive passing game specialist and a linebackers coach. Yet with Ronaldo Hill, like David talked about, not only, you know, Justin Simmons over the last couple of years when he's been at his best, but also before that with Xavier and Xavier Howard, with the Dolphins, I mean, there has to be something that set this guy apart to really, you know, give him this position as the defensive coordinator. So I'd like to trust him on this one just because there were a couple of other guys he could have easily given this job to. And instead, he went with a guy who played in the league, another young guy, and a, a guy I know that you would appreciate. 
getting picked as a seventh round pick in the draft and ending up making it 10 seasons and putting together a respectable career, that's definitely a good guy to have with these players. Well, that shows good work ethic. That shows willing to fight for everything you want instead of expecting it to be given to you. Something And a willingness to be coached, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, that too. I mean, there's some players on this team that you could say probably have expected things to be given to them in the past, like uh, Donald Butler. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we have some players now that are going to really show what they're made of. Are you willing to be coached on? We have the coaching staff here. Are you willing to be coached, be willing to toad told no that's not how you do this you're gonna do it like this and let me teach you how to do it or we're gonna have a bunch of guys like Antonio Brown like what we're gonna really find out what these guys are like and one thing I like about Hill is those Broncos DBs can hit those guys were physical we saw what Kareem Jackson did to Tremaine Pope yep we that need something the like that on this team. that game either <laughs> no it was not but that's the most memorable one for me and we need that on this team we need guys that are gonna knock people out and really lay the wood and make you fear a little bit coming across that that field. Even if you're running the ball and you see the DBs coming, you're going to want to run out of bounds instead of fight for that extra yard. We need that on this team, and I'm hoping Hill brings that with him. Yeah, I mean, this team has needed a little bit more nastiness, a little bit more physicality, especially recently. I mean, when Derwin James is on the field, he kind of brings that so much. You can forget about the rest of the team's you know lack of tackling ability and lack of finishing ability on those tackles and just playing through the whistle and all of those things. But I do think that he also, you know, comes from Vic Fangio, who is a very, you know, well-respected defensive mind in the NFL. I definitely, I mean, if what Vic Fangio has done, not just with the Broncos, with some lesser talent on that side and a lot of injuries the last couple of years, but what he was able to do with the Chicago Bears defense a couple of years ago, that's a good coaching tree to come from on the defensive side. And this is another guy, David, and I think that I think has been, you know, shooting up the ranks. I mean, straight from college to being an assistant DB coach with the Miami Dolphins in 2018. Only one year later, he finds himself with the official title of defensive backs coach with the Broncos over the next two seasons. And that Broncos roster, I mean, was still competitive in the secondary, even missing, you know, a lot of the guys that they've had. I mean, making contributors out of guys like Devontae Bosby. I mean, there's a lot of guys there that they've gotten contributions from and, and been able to do good things with, even though they haven't had the most talented team. So I do think this is another young up and coming guy who Brandon Staley, just like he was given a chance by the Chargers, is giving a chance to be the defensive coordinator and also have a specialty in being defensive backs oriented, which obviously is something that's big to Brandon Staley as well. Yeah, I mean, especially when the Chargers lose their DB coach that they've had for a very long time in Ron Miles. So, I mean, having a defensive coordinator that has a little bit of a background in that, I mean, it could not be anything but beneficial. But if we know one thing from Brandon Staley, you know, one thing he expects is guys that are strong communicators, guys that are going to be teachers, guys that are going to be able to develop players. So that's what he's looking for. That's what he has done. So if he wants all three phases to be in of the same mold, be of the same image, then, you know, I, I would imagine that all three of these guys who are getting opportunities with the Chargers are all good, strong communicators and are all having a very strong background in teaching and developing guys. That's something the Chargers have not seen. And it's something that for me personally, I'm hoping that that vision right there gets carried out with this team. Well, and he had to deal with all those injuries this year for the Broncos DBs, so you can already tell he showed that he works to develop players, he works to adjust to the players and play to their strengths. I think that alone can maybe made Staley go, okay, you know, you, I have a connection with you, 
You've shown you can develop players like I want to develop players. You work with injuries instead of make excuses. I think that might have made a case for Staley as well. And I think you also have to wonder, you know, what he's taking into account as far as how this guy specifically is going to work with this group of defensive backs because now he's gotten to know Derwin James a little bit and probably already knew a lot just from, you know, coaching Jalen Ramsey and all of those things. So I think the cohesion in that secondary with a young defense, I do think was all a big part of this hiring too. And I can't wait to see how it works out. But we all know that this will be Brandon Staley's vision and he's picking a guy that he thinks can help carry that out. So I think at this point, especially with so many new coaches, obviously no one wants to say, wait and see. It's, hey, tell me if this was a good hiring or not. Only what's done on the field can do that. And there's so many other factors to it. But these are young guys, up and coming guys that he's giving chances to. And I think this does have a chance to be, you know, one of the younger, most exciting coaching staffs in the NFL, the way that it's getting put together. But hey, all that has to come to fruition on the field first. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. I will actually be covering the Senior Bowl this weekend, looking at the up-and-coming prospects for the 2021 NFL Draft. So I'm going to be in Mobile, Alabama. I didn't think that's where I'd be, but super excited to be able to cover that. And we definitely want to incorporate that into the show this week because... I mean, half of Alabama's offensive line is going to be there. There's some guys on that team I'm excited to talk about, so we'll be able to get into some of that throughout the week just as we start moving forward and getting closer to the Chargers offseason where player acquisition will start becoming a thing when we get more into our draft coverage. But until then, guys, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers as well as checking out our new Instagram page. You can find us on Instagram now at LockedOnChargers. We would appreciate you guys' support there as we try to get that Instagram off the ground. We would really appreciate it. But if you guys don't know the number already, if you guys want to get your voices on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. Definitely need some voicemails from you guys. I promise we will be getting into voicemails this week so make sure you guys call in and give us your latest thoughts on the coaching staff and all of that but the last thing i'll tell you guys to do is if you don't already please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from you can find the locked on charges podcast there but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts